Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM ESPN, rolling right into the all-star break, baby. Thankfully, with a Grizzlies win, I got a little hairy there last night. And my Lord, I was smiling because I said during the day I thought the Grizzlies would cover that, what, eight and a half or whatever it was. And when they were up 24, I was thinking about coming in here today and telling John Martin, looking him upside the head and saying, you fool. But, but, throw aside the covering stuff. John Morant there late, Jaron Jackson all game long. Grizzlies are able to hold on after blowing a 24-point lead. Got down to one, they're able to hold on. That's what matters when we look back at this thing. Grizzlies win 117-111 over the Jazz. You take a couple of wins into the All-Star break. We know it'll be a big weekend for Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morant at All-Star weekend. We'll certainly be having an eye on that. We'll look back at the first half, I'm assuming, today. That's sort of what you do on a day like today. First half grades, those kinds of things. Memphis Tigers got a... Important game tonight, and as it relates to their resume, don't want to drop a quad two opportunity here against UCF tonight. And you got a little payback in mind, obviously, feeling like you let one go down there. You certainly owe UCF. And tell you who made a fool of me, too. Nate Oates in Alabama. Tennessee, my goodness. They knock off number one in Thompson Bowling. I give them a respect burger two weeks ago. They go burn me by losing three or four. I say Alabama's going to get the win last night in Knoxville. And what do they do? Blow it. Outscored, what, nine, ten, second half? Like, it was a tie game at halftime, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I lose. So, John Martin, 2-0 and yesterday. Over 2-0. Me. And that hurts. No, it feels good. No, it, no, it hurts it really this good. side. Well, this side's feeling real good. I already knew. You know, I already knew. I, did, I Really, I thought about taking off today. No, no need, I didn't brother. want to hear about how right John Martin was today, Brad. That's what I didn't want to hear. It's not about that. But I've got a tip and cap. It's not about that. And I appreciate that. It's not me versus you. It's us no, against it's, the books. No, a lot of times it's me versus you. We keep it competitive around here. That's how we like it. It is. It keeps the fire burning, it's, doesn't it? it? It's, it's just natural. But yes, natural. that was you know you know you know I'm good at identifying them stinky lines, bro. You, you have been good at identifying stinky lines. And uh, I try yeah. to I try to I, I played it. I I did play that one personally. I did not Ooh. play the Grizzlies oh, one. Oh, be, so you cashed in? Uh, too. Because uh, Markinen was announced as out after the show, and that number got up to ten, as much as ten. And then Colin Sexton, of course, goes out four minutes into the game with a hamstring injury. So you're thinking, no way, this game's going to be close. Somehow it was. Uh, however, they do not hand out trophies for the best teams covering against the spread. You don't get that. Right. It doesn't exist. That's right. It's all about the wins. Grizzlies got one heading into the All-Star break last night. We'll touch on that, as Jason mentioned. You know, just sort of go over the first half, what we like, what we did. And there was mostly 
stuff to like. It's hard not to. Yeah. Because the third time franchise history, they've been at 35 wins before the All-Star break. How about that? Yeah. So hard to have a lot of bad when you're it number is. two seed, and most most are predicting you're going to hold it down number two seed through these, yes. what, last 25 games or so. Yes. Um, I don't know if, if if we are necessarily there. I think we made it clear yesterday we thought a little lower, maybe three. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, that said, team's got, team's got a hill to climb. They do. That's exactly right. I mean, that's the that's the thing, right? Like, stuff has to happen for the Grizzlies to fall out of that number two. Like, if nothing happens and, like, nobody wants to come get it, then the Grizzlies are going to just stay there, you know? I mean, they're going to win enough games to um, – I mean, somebody's got to come take it, you know? Um, and, and the Grizzlies have to sort of cooperate and give it back. Well, and you hope, too, the return of Stephen Adams for sure. helps your chances. Maybe you can get on a hot streak. It will. You know? um, so, anyway, and, and we know the Grizzlies are a streaky-ass team. You know, they'll go on eight-game win streaks or go on eight-game lose streaks. That's kind of what they do. So, it uh, feels like they're due for an eight-game win streak. Uh, Matt Moore is going to join us at 1125 from the Action Network. We're going to talk to him uh, about several things. I want to I talk to him about the Grizzlies. Uh, Jason almost got to the window right before the show started uh, on the Lakers as the outright champ in 2022-23. He couldn't quite get there because that, our math was off. It was. And I was probably overreacting based on what I saw from D'Angelo and company last night. They did look good, though. Yeah. They're going to be at least a tough first round out. Oh, now, Brad it, looks like he doesn't believe me. I can tell in his eyes there. I can tell when he doesn't believe me that eyebrow goes Bro, up. I believe it. They I look good. It. I think they could win a series. Might I? It, Yes, like I, I think the floor is tough first round. Out. Like, tell me, tell me, Anthony Davis is playing. Tell me, LeBron is like doing what LeBron does, and tell me that the rest of what they traded for is out there. Man, Bamba was dunking that thing. Yeah, D'Angelo was shooting that thing. Looked like he was glad to be home. They have credible players now. They have credible they role players. They, they did do. not before. So, yeah, I know Pat Bev is bitter. It's been so long since we've seen LeBron in a meaningful postseason series that I feel like we've probably forgotten. Uh, how good he is! His smile was different last night. His smile was almost like, "Oh yeah, we got nah, it. we got no, a team." I got something exactly right. So we'll talk to Matt Moore whether mm. that's a future he might make. Um, get his thoughts on the rest of the NBA Grizzlies, what they did and did not do at the trade deadline, all that and more with Matt Moore at eleven twenty-five. One twenty-five. Jeff Kyle Kins is going to join us. We'll talk to him about the Grizz. Tigers have a significant game tonight against UCF, hosting UCF tonight. Inside FedEx Forum, which is too big for the Tigers, but we can't do anything about that today, can no, we? No, we we did our part yesterday. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yes, they're going to be, uh, and maybe maybe Calkins can help us with a civic you know suggestion on what we what, what to do. Can Calkins help us get Penny Hardaway in the Naismith? Uh, I don't think so. maybe he can write something if you if we if we can make the compelling case. I'm starting to think we should really. What made you mount a campaign? What made you? I'm just curious. What like we ended the show yesterday? What's it? Is it Tim Hardaway, senior? That's on the ballot this year. Is that the name? Because the other ones were champions. I thought like Levitsky. I think if you pull up the twenty, we could do this later. But I think it was seeing his name. Right. Like what? What did he win? Well, he just because he's he just. Well, I guess Petty hasn't even been nominated. That I could, he's not on this year's list again, and I can't tell from the list of nominees that you know where he is because then John, you got you know they got the Chauncey Billups of the world. You have these players now that were after Penny that are starting to get in, and a lot of it's championships, which Penny will you know obviously never had. But when you start talking Tim Hardaway seniors, and I loved Tim to death, killer crossover, loved him. But anyway, w- let's do this at another time. Well, but I, if who who's going to vouch for Penny? 
if Memphis doesn't. That, look, you know you. What, what triggered this was the Super Bowl commercial I showed you the other day. I think it was I Love Memphis, the I Love Memphis blog that retweeted it uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, put it back out there. It was the Super Bowl party at Penny's house. And if you look at who's at that party, Tiger Woods, George Gervin, like uh, the best of the best mm-hmm. in terms of who's there. Greatness up in there. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just lets you – that's what triggered it. You don't pull greatness like this unless you're considered great. And Penny, for all that time in Orlando, was that you've had you know Shaq come out and vouch, say the guy's better than he was better than Kyrie because of the size and everything he brought up to the game. Like, what are we talking about? It is a crime well, that Penny Hardaway is not in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And you could do contributions to the sport for sure. with the shoe. <clears throat> yes. With the shoe and everything else. Now he's a college basketball coach. Like, there's so many reasons. At some point, it you know, it needs to stop being whispered around. And somebody needs to make an action. Because until you start making a stink about it, nobody's going to, you know, it'll just get kind of get whispered about in corners. Well, I remember we had this conversation. and we're, It's and, ridiculous. And, and, and we're going to get to the Grizzlies here just in just a second. But I, I, we, 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 pulled, we, we mentioned it because Grant Hill got in. It came up then, too. Grant Hill got in, and Grant Hill had the same problems. He had injury issues. Um, oh, threatened uh, to derail everything. He was a seven-time NBA All-Star to Penny's four. But Penny made more first teams than Grant Hill. I'm telling you, Penny and his zenith, man. He was changing the and, game. And I think you, you, you throw in there his contributions with the shoe, you know, revolutionizing the, that, that industry. Like the bridge from Jordan – to the next generation, yeah. you know what I mean. A guy who's still shoes, still one of the most popular selling shoes out here. It's and again, now he's contributing in college basketball. Like it's the it's, only thing working it, against him is his dur- dur- durability, right? I mean the the fact that his he, he was sort of a he was a hot shooting star, and once it faded, it was gone. That was the and I guess that that would be like a, that would be the only voters knock against him. I mean the you know because when he was in his bag. Right. There was nobody that was touching him, you know. But it was just so it was so brief in the grand scheme of things. It was a, you know, four year, five year window and then it was over. So that's the you know, that would be the but I think again you you had to combat that with the the, the shoe lasts forever. I mean, well beyond the end of his playing yeah, days. Penny's stamp in basketball has lasted forever. Exactly right. It's it's the shoe, it's the what it's the legend of what he you know, what he could have been but and that's because of where he was does, and does, where he was going. Does his but college it was, basketball? It was long, it's long enough to be Hall of Fame. Folks acted like it was a year or two. That part's ridiculous. Anyway, don't want to get too sidetracked here. But we did end on the show last year. Be young, and what triggered it? I had to go back this time around. Was that dang Super Bowl commercial, dude? It's ridiculous. And if we're talking about like Tim Hardaway seniors and all that being on the on the on the nominees list, there's no way uh, Tim Hardaway senior needs to be in there before Penny Hardaway. Well, Tim Hardaway is he getting in? I don't, again, he's on the nominee, a list that Penny is not on. Well, Penny should have been, at least been nominated by now. No doubt about that. That's disrespectful. I don't know the process of how close he's been on yeah. this stuff or not. We'd yeah. have to look dig deeper into that. But it is, it is a crime that Penny Hardaway is not in the uh, Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll talk to Jeff Calkins about all of that at 125. Grizz get it done last night. Final game before the All-Star break, 117-111 against the Utah Jazz. Here at... FedEx Forum, uh, Jaron Jackson, 26 points, he's, 9 he's rebounds. He's story to me. Uh, John Morant flirted, got real serious with a triple-double, 29-8 and eight, uh, last night. But, yeah, Jaron was, uh, was in his bag last night, Jason. Um, the Grizzlies had a note 
that said he narrowly missed becoming the first player in NBA history to make at least five threes, have five steals and five blocks in a in a in a game. And it shows you what he come up. He came up one. What he had five three pointers, had the five steals, uh, three three five three pointers made, five steals, five blocks. Well, then how did he narrowly miss it? That's the note. I have to go back and check that. Either well, yeah. way, it's the point is. You saw the impact in different areas. Yeah. It's as good a Jaron game as he's played. That is like that is if you ever like wanted to describe. Did he have five a, threes last night? Why did say he came up short then? Five, five, and five. Yeah, I don't have his like box score in front of me. I just have I'll his get points, it. so I don't know. Um, but I mean, that is like the quintessential perfect Jaron Jackson Jr. game. It's like the multiple twenty six points, nine rebounds, five five steals, five blocks. Yeah, and, and it says narrowly missed becoming the first to have five, five, and five. So he must have four, yeah, four, four or something. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, it was, it was, it was. I mean, that, that's that's Jaron at his best when he's like doing all those things. And you don't have to have Jaron score twenty six. You know, it's not like that's the a, a key requirement. But you know, I think that's the kind of performance that you need. You know, to yeah, he's four of ten from three. Yeah, talking just about you know, hey, win a series, win two series. You're gonna have to get that Jaron. You know, once every three games, it feels like in a playoff series. Well, remember the issue too was against Boston, he couldn't stay on the floor. Nope. So, so that that's the thing now is putting these kinds of performances together and then doing like it against the teams, best teams yeah. in the league. I mean, that's the thing. So, like, I, I'm not taking anything away from Jaron. What this is is a beautiful game showing everything he can do in this league heading into the All Star break. It sort of it validates it for you. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you being there, some folks might look at you sideways in terms of minutes played, everything else. Like you know, points, every if you put up his stat line against others that are there, they may said you know some of them might. You know, put have their nose held up, you know, a little bit when it comes to Jaron Jackson. But a game like that validates it. You're talking about the best defensive player in the league who now officially leads the league in blocks per game because he's played enough games mm-hmm. at 3.3 and nobody's close. Like it was at Claxton that's at 2.6. Yeah. He had five last night, and you and you go into you know you go into Salt Lake, you know, with your chest out based on the way your team has played, number two in the West. You've, you've kind of put things back together here before the first half, and then the way you just played coming off this game. So I think it, that a game like last night validate, sends Jaron into that all-star break with his chest out should be feeling good. And I like the business-like way he's going about things right now, whether it's dealing with the media afterwards. Like, what do you think, Jaron, you know, with Rob Fisher afterwards? You, if you're hearing Jaron, he's just a lot more business-like. I don't know. we got to keep it going four quarters. It's a lot more coach-speak than it used to be. But, again, it's sort of streamlined things for him. And then here's the other thing he's got to get over. You mentioned it's part of when you play good teams, the Draymond effect. Mm-hmm. Like, got to do it, too, when you're on the floor with him. We've talked about the relationship there at Michigan State, how he sees him sort of as big brother. Got to be this year when you're playing Golden State as well. You do that, then Golden State probably doesn't have your number in the way that it has, what, six of the last eight. Yeah, I mean, that's that, it's fantastic. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, if we're just sort of, you know, re- summarizing and recapping a, a first half, you mentioned it. It's only the third time in the history of the franchise that they've got 35 wins going into this break. So I, I do think that puts it into some perspective of, you know, despite, despite that swoon, you know, we're still talking about one of the three best first halves in the history of the Grizzlies franchise, uh, which is which is super impressive. And, and so, yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 hard to, you know, nitpick. I mean, we can. We can nitpick. We can say, like, the rebounding is not good enough, and it's not. But the, the Steve Nabs isn't playing right now. Mm-hmm. That will improve. We know how 
much of an impact he makes on the boards on, on, on both, right, offensively and defensively. Um, you know, we can nitpick the shooting. We can certainly do that. It's, it's, it's probably not good enough to win a championship right now, uh, but maybe adding a, a, you know, a canard over the course of a season, 25 games in playoffs, will improve that. Um, but, but, yeah, like I, I don't think I expected them to come back and be the two seed heading into the All-Star break. Like that would have, that would have surprised me, and I and I'm and I'm high on them, but that would have surprised me, because last year, you know, I don't rem- I don't remember you know what all went into the two seed and who who was sort of hurt and who you know who was tanking and, and all that, but you know this year going into it, you had the Clippers who you thought was were going to be better than they are at least in terms of record right now, uh, the Warriors you didn't expect to and they they've missed Steph for you know a significant amount of time. You know, you probably expected the Mavs to be better from a record perspective. Um, Lost again last night. Yeah, so I would have I would have been pleasantly surprised to hear that the Grizzlies are the two seed going into the All Star break. And so, yeah, like I think it's just it's yet another you know uh, stamp that this is a this, what they've got is real. It's not just a two thousand twenty one twenty two thing. Uh, they've got a real core here that you know on a year to year basis. Like now you should pretty much expect them to be not a two seed, but again, I I think top three is probably where I would draw the line. You know, I wouldn't even say top four. I mean, although it's kind of the same, three or four. But I just feel like they've kind of they've kind of elevated that baseline immediately. Um, and, and again, if they finish as the three seed this year, like that's not the end of the world either. That's fine. Like that's still to me, my my goal. You know, was top four. You get home court. Like you're straight. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what you need to aim for. So anything above that is just is just gravy. And and right now it's it's a lot of gravy, Jason. Yeah, it's a lot of gravy. There's still some things to tune up. Like offensively, defensively, your top three, and you know that part feels like it's going to stay there all season long. But you drop down to 15th offensively, and we know a lot of that. You know, not having Stephen Adams in there. So second half, clearly, there are still some things to work on. And Taylor Jenkins said as much afterwards. I don't put too much. You know. Too much cupcakes and ice cream here like it's a done deal. Yes, you celebrate the fact that you're, it's just the third time you've had 35 wins. You're number two in a West that's even better now than it was before the start of the season. That's something to be proud of. So is your record against the Eastern Conference. Like yep. what you've done against the East has been tremendous. And there's a lot to be proud of. But clearly, still, these teams behind you that are looking up, they have bolstered up. Like, you know, we can talk about the canard trade and how much it could help, but that's still a question mark. We know teams like Phoenix – you figure, looks like maybe the Clippers. See, I don't know if uh, adding a Westbrook off a buyout helps them. I was hearing folks talk about that this morning. Uh, Stephen A. talking about you know, the Clippers adding Westbrook. I kind of like what they've got now. We'll see. But you've got teams that are obviously, again, like we said, bolstered. Uh, and we'll see what it looks like in terms of how quickly they can rise. But, again, everybody that's making the point, you got a four-game cushion with, what, 25 to play? Mm-hmm. It's it's going to be tough to make up ground on you. Yeah. Um. So I think your chances of finishing top four are really really good. Again, we've seen this team though go through a patch where you lose eight of nine. You're hoping you can chalk a lot of that of that up to Stephen Adams, but there is no promise of that. Yeah. In a second half where you start out with your schedule that you know turned up in terms of the teams that you'll play, a bunch of uh teams vying to get to get higher in the standings. So, um, yes, happy with where the Grizz are. Like you. I had them lower, fourth or fifth, 
and so pleasantly surprised too mm-hmm. that they're number two. But knowing full well that there's there's a lot of things to get figured out, particularly offensively. Yeah. Hopefully, again, there's a lot of you know there's a quick comfort level once Stephen Adams is back. Yeah, and it wasn't so much about like oh the you know the Grizzlies are going to take a step back. It was more about like there were some teams in the West that made some moves to to not well I think it, I think advance. we and, and I think as a result we said step I said step back from two right and remember you decided to move on from Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony yep so we said too you're going to be a lot younger That's and exactly I don't know right. how many of us said oh these rookies are going to be able to fill those roles we said we'll see and 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 at the top of that. Certainly wasn't Santi Aldama. You talk about another pleasant surprise. It was Zaire. Yeah. Right? And, it, and if you consider that and, and look at where they are and how much Zaire struggled, I think that's another reason that you yeah. got to feel pretty good. No doubt. A lot of that, again, Santi comes up and helps you. But l- listen, Tyus is going through something right now. Right? Um, you, you know, you, you need to get that second unit straight. Yeah. And again, hopefully Kennard can help with that. But Plenty to get figured out because remember at one point you'd moved up in the top ten offensively. I think you'd gotten as high as six, uh, down to fifteenth. Be nice to see that level out over the final twenty five games. Everybody go get a break. Yep, come on back. Um, I'll tell you who's been slick good to Bane. I th- I, consistent, not mm-hmm. not not pre injury level, but consistent in terms of right twenty points per game since he's been back for the most part. He's given you what you need. Uh, I was concerned about what kind of bane you would have going the rest of the season. Yeah. Look, he'll be able to tough it out. <clears throat> Maybe you don't get 30-point bane. Chris had pointed out none since the return. Right? And he was at four before. Wow. So so it's it's a different level, but it's yeah. still good bane. Well, yeah, I mean, again, like he's sort of the clay to this thing. Yeah, I want to say I want to that bane that pre-injury though was headed towards all-star consideration. Oh, yeah. And so you you wonder if you if you had that one with what a right. Jaron that like last night top jaw then your chances of you know maybe pushing past the second round increase. Yeah, but we're both. We're, we're, you you got to be happy. He, he he can he's got that in his bag. Like he can have a thirty point night. He hasn't, but he can. We know he can. You know, especially in a playoff series. So, I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like he's a, as effective at the basket as he was earlier yeah, this no, season. He, How much of that is the the push off yeah. from the? It's, you know, it's, at, it's fair. Yeah. And some of it is they've caught they've caught up to the move too. I think he was surprising them some with right. the aggressiveness right. to the bucket. Yeah. Now you're getting that that thing swatted well, all. Yeah, they're some... looking for a little bit. But I just wonder how much of it is not he's not quite as explosive as he was before him. I mean, it could be thing. That said, still good bane gets yeah. you pretty far, and it's part of the 35 wins certainly. You got to have them. There's no that on this team. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk to Matt Moore. Get his thoughts on the Grizz, the rest of the West, maybe some futures that uh, may or may uh, not be worthwhile. All that and more. Stick around. Jason and John, 90 Channel FM, ESPN. Midway point of the NBA season is here. And now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy, and fun to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers to three-pointers Drained. You want to go over under on how many three pointers Desmond Bain's going to hit? Uh, you can do that, and you combine those bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. You know about those, and FanDuel have pre-built same game parlays in some instances, good for beginners. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com/backslash/jsmith. Again, that's FanDuel.com. 
backslash jsmith to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And 929 FM ESPN must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com backslash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. I'm Chelsea Messenger helping you beat the books with BetQL. Number 7 St. Mary's goes on the road tonight as they face St. Go in a conference matchup. The large spread may be tough to swallow in this one, but the total is something the BetQL model is taking a look at. St. Mary's has the number one defense in the conference and held San Diego to just 58 points in their first meeting this season. With that stellar defense, the BetQL five-star play of the day is to take the under between St. Mary's and San Diego. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Matt Moore covers the NBA for the Action Network. Grizz is coming off a pre-All-Star break win over the Utah Jazz. He joins us now. Matt, what's up, man? Appreciate the time. Hey, guys. Appreciate you guys having me. Especially with the Tom Petty intro. Yeah, man, that's what we do. Pleasure. Yeah, our, our, Pleasure. that's our producer, uh, DJ Brad, on the ones and twos over there. So what do we make of the Memphis Grizzlies? They added Luke Kennard, did not pry OG Ananobi or Mikael Bridges away from Brooklyn, and I think we now understand why Brooklyn was not willing to part with Mikael Bridges. What do we make of the Memphis Grizzlies heading into the All-Star break? You know, I think they've probably taken a step forward this year just in terms of you know solidifying what they're great at. Uh, establishing the habits, being consistent. They didn't take a, you know, a big step back in terms of winning percentage. That's key, right? They're still going to win probably over 50 games. Um, that's, that's big. They're going to be a danger in the playoffs. If they get the right series of matchups, I think they can make a Western Conference Finals. 
I do think over the last 20 or so games, we've kind of started to see some of the flaws with the team, some of the things where they have specific weaknesses that are going to bother them, particularly in the playoffs. And I'm not sure that they're going to be able to overcome those unless they hit just the right sequence of events, get injury luck or something else. This team, I think, has some deep flaws in it from a playoff perspective. The future's still really bright, but the, I think the big thing is that the summer is going to have to be really big because now you're going to, I think, going to start to see some pressure and expectations mm-hmm. ratchet up. How quickly can they be better offensively once Steven Adams is in there? Do you expect it to happen fast? I think they've dropped to 15th uh, over an offensive rating. Can How much better can that get with Steven Adams back in there? You think it goes right back up? Yeah, I think significantly just because, look, the two-man game between him and Jaw is really good where not just the role pressure that he puts in pick and rolls and how good he is as a screener, but also his passing, right? Like being able to put, put him in the pinch post and then have run Jaw, have Jaw run DHO action, all those types of things really help with just generating easy buckets, offensive rebounds, things like that. So, like, Adams coming back is going to help a lot for the regular season. The problem is, if you remember the Wolves series last year, when they faced a team that was able to put so much pressure on them and attack the drop scheme, they weren't able to really keep them on the floor. And they're going to face a lot of those types of teams in the playoffs, most likely. So while I think, you know, Steven, I love, love Steven Adams. I've loved him since he was a rookie. I don't know that, you know, it's like he can, he can, he can put a Band-Aid on the regular season stuff and help them get the two seed. But I don't know that, it, that he's going to be the solve for what they're looking at for the playoffs. In terms of, you know, what constitutes success and, and you know, a, a step forward, um, d- does it have to be winning a second-round series to be a step forward? Is is being the two-seed again and, and, and winning a first round enough? Like, how do you, you know, because it, they've already been so far ahead of schedule, it, it, it almost, you know, you feel a little guilty saying, well, you have to go win a second-round series now. So what's the right way to assess – you know, the trajectory of the Grizzlies year to year? I mean, I think up until a week ago, it was you got to make the conference finals just because the West was right. very was so vulnerable, right? You looked at it and you're just like, um, you know, it's Denver and then uh, a lot of mess. And there are still vulnerable teams, I think, that the, that the Grizzlies can play. But, you know, <laughs> if it's going to wind up being, let's say that the Warriors get their act together after the All-Star break, and it winds up being like, this is where I have it projected right now, is I have it Suns in the three and the Warriors in the six with Memphis in the two. So even if Memphis gets past, it's probably going to be a weaker opponent in the two seven. Might be the Lakers, but let's say it's a weaker opponent they can beat in the two seven. You're going to have to go through either the Suns or the Warriors in that three six, uh, as coming out of that three six. And I think part of the key here is if they put up a real fight with Phoenix, if it's close, if it's a battle, if it goes six games, you know, into the fourth quarter, go seven games, and people are like, boy, I really think Memphis can win this at any point in that series, then I think you probably accomplish what you need to. But if you get to that second round and it's either, you know, Golden State, who, you know, they went six with last year, but that's a really good matchup for them, and it was with that crazy game five. You know, if the second round you just look at it and you go, Memphis is not on this tier, then I think you're in real trouble. If they lose to a Dallas team, let's say that they slip a little bit and they face Dallas in a 3-6, that would be, a, a, I think, a big downturn for them. And that's something they're vulnerable to with how Dallas has matched up with them. So they need the right sequence if they're going to be able to make a run and kind of live up to expectation, I think, this season. You going to follow up, John? No, I was going to say, like, yeah. I, 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 is, da- is that matchup with Dallas 
not totally different now, though. I mean, I think it's different, but I think it's, it might be worse. You know, I think it might be worse with considering what Kyrie's able to bring to the table. You know, defensively, you can argue, like, well, look, their defense is so much softer. That's true. The question is just, like, look, the Mavericks are, gonna, are going to slow the game down. They're going to grind out. because That's their only way they can win is, like, Luka dribbles the ball up, goes ice out. They'll do some action with Kyrie. Kyrie will do some stuff in transition. They're worse defensively without Dorian Finney-Smith. But they're also probably have a little bit of upside with that. And like that's going to be a question of the Mavericks' very soft half-court defense versus the Grizzlies' very inept half-court offense. And when you combine those two into a slow game, that puts the recipe for some clutch time that can get really stressful, especially given how Lucas played versus them through the years in the matchups. Matt, how much more is there in terms of, and this was sort of the storyline afterwards that there, you know, Jenkins is saying there's more to get from Jaron Jackson. Like he's just scratching the surface on how good he can be. You see him at the four threes, what five steals, four blocks last night in a 26 point effort. Like how much, how much better can he get? How much, how much higher is the ceiling on Jaron Jackson? It, it's so high, and I'm so encouraged by what I've seen from him this season. Like the big win for me with the Grizzlies this season is Jaron Jackson. It's not just what he's done on the defensive end where he's very almost definitely going to win defensive player yes. of the year. If he stays healthy, knock on wood, it's the offense. It's that for so many years, I was like, you got to have like a set that you can go to. Like you yeah. got to have moves yes. that you, that you feel like you can get to. You got to have spots that you're trying to get to versus everything seeming very random and improvised. And he's been so much better on that end this year. You know, he's <clears throat> added runners. He's added, you know, some, some pivot moves. He's added stuff to his game as well as you know, the three-point shooting to make him a complete player. Like He looks like he's headed towards being that complete package that he's capable of being. And that's really exciting because if you're able to add around that you know, starting next season, like the long-term projection for the Grizzlies is still superb based off of Jaws going to get better with the jumper, like uh, off of the pick-and-roll, pull-up Jays, which he needs, and Jaron's going to add – more to his game to round it out, and you've got Desmond. And, like, that's all going to get better. But right now, there's still just like a lot of work to be done. Talking to Matt Moore from the Action Network. Uh, catch him at, at the Action Network. Joins us here uh, on the show. On Dallas, they, it has not looked great uh, with Kyrie yet. Is that is that simply something that you will chalk up to that Luka and Kyrie haven't had many reps together and it will look better as the season goes on? Um, what what do you what's your assessment of the Mavs in that trade so far? I mean, I would chalk it up to I think instead of reps together, I think it's more that while Luca was out, if he apparently has some reps lifting pints, um, he has looked <laughs> awful. Uh, he's like I don't know how he got that out of shape in such a short period of time, but like last night he just looked terrible. He was huffing in the first quarter, um, and that's a big part of it. It was funny they went two and zero with Kyrie. Mm-hmm. And then 0 and 2 with Kyrie and Luca, and then lost last night with Luca without Kyrie. Um, you know, I think Luca will probably you know play his way back into shape and be fine. I've actually liked what Irving has brought to them. You know, like the on-court stuff with Kyrie is always really good until he causes disaster. We'll see if he can make it through the remaining, you know, however many months of the season, two months until the playoffs without any drama. But uh, I, I think that that combo can really can do some things. I do think it's been exaggerated how much more dynamic that offense can be. It's like, oh, this is exactly what they need to be more dynamic. Yeah, but, like, Luca would have to choose to play differently, and he won't. Like, it's still going to be a lot of your turn, my turn, because that's how Luca plays. Like, I don't think Luca's gotten enough attention for how they play 
as a reflection of how he wants to play. And so it's still going to be very predictable. Now, he's awesome when he's locked in, but it's going to be a matter of can he be healthy, can he be in shape, and can guys hit shots like Reggie Bullock in order to make him pay? Matt, if they're healthy uh, and, and they've got work to do, there are a couple of games out of, of play-in status right now, but, but how much of a threat are the Lakers, if healthy, this version of the, of the Lakers after the, the trade deadline? Yeah, I don't know. I'm still pretty skeptical. Um, it's not that they didn't get better. They got better. My problem is everyone's like, look at how much better they got. And it's like, yeah, but look at where they started. Mm-hmm, the like, whole, if you go yeah. up two levels from negative four, you're still like a negative two. I think they can make the play in. I think that, you know, if they get in to that two seven, that's going to be really fascinating. I could also see Memphis absolutely stomping them just based off of like, we're just better. Um, you know, it's like you added D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt, and Rui Hachimura. Like, none of those guys is like, whoa. Now, I think they fit their roles well. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, everyone's going to be like, yeah, but look at that Pelicans game. I'm like, okay, but look at the one before. <laughs> they, you know, and that was without LeBron. I get it. But the Pels are also in a really bad spot right now and just limping into the All-Star break. They've been struggling without Zion. So, you know, we'll see what they, how they do in the, the closing months of the schedule. But I do think the Lakers will be dangerous because of LeBron. But I also just don't – on top of everything – how can you feel like you know that Anthony Davis is going to be able to play? I don't. And so that's why I'm still kind of like, mm, we'll, we'll see on the Lakers. So I, I fully acknowledge that I might be higher on them than, than the market and mostly everybody else, but I can get Golden State to win the 2022-23 championship at plus 1,800. Now, let's just we're going to have to assume that Steph will be fine when they have their normal starting five out there. They have the best offensive rating in the NBA, is this simply a bet against Steph's health at plus eighteen hundred? Like, uh, w- what am I missing here? I think. Well, one, we saw this last year when Steph got hurt; their number went bonkers, and I was betting it like crazy because I was just like, "Guys, he's going to come back." So you're absolutely right; like the number's wrong. Like the number reacts to like regular season performance, and part of that is is like if Steph's injured, what if he doesn't come back? Like that gets baked into the number regardless of what the chances of that are. Um, so, like, the number's wrong. I will, I will agree with you there. The thing here is, like, they're so bad on the road. Like, it is atrocious. Them and Memphis both are just horrible. And Denver, too, to a large degree. They're really bad on the road. And if they have to go multiple series against good teams – with their bench, now, like, their starters are still awesome. When they have their starting five, that's still been the best net rating in the league. And that's why, like, a lot of people are like, well, you know, when it comes down to it. But we, just, we haven't seen a team below a top three seed make a real run in a long time. And there's a reason for that. Um, I think we'll, we're going we're gonna to get to the end of the Warriors run, and now they'll be like, of course. Like, how could we ever doubt them? Or we're going to be like, oh, they told us for six months that they weren't a great team, and they weren't a great team. And we're just going to have to see. I think there's value on that number, but it's going to be really tough for them, especially with how I think the lay of the land is going to look for them from a seeding perspective. Celtics above everybody else for you, Matt? Nuggets. Um, you know, Boston. Yeah, look, I mean, Boston's tailed off a little bit. Boston has such an, a ridiculous offensive start to the season, and they've stabilized on defense, and that's helped them. Mm-hmm. But the offense has kind of gotten back a little bit more to, like, human levels if you take out that start for them in terms of the shooting. There's also just like a bunch of matchups I worry about for, for Boston in the East, Cleveland, and those type of teams. Denver, to me, has been the most complete team. Like, since December 7th, they're 
the best offense in the league with the seventh best defense. Wow. Like, nobody really – because they were so bad to start, nobody's really caught on to the fact that they can defend. They rattled off these wins despite missing MPJ, Jamal Murray, or Aaron Gordon for various stretches. And when they hit you at home – I don't know how you beat this Nuggets team at home. And somebody's going to have to do it in order to win the series. So, to me, it's the Nuggets at the top. Very close behind them, though, would have to be the Boston Celtics. Uh, How bullish are you on Phoenix? I mean, they're adding the greatest scorer of this generation in Kevin Durant. Um, But, you know, and I know that that it shrinks. I know that the rotation shrinks when you get to the playoffs, and that's all fair. But, man, the Suns have, like, zero depth. And like I just, I just feel like this is not 2009, you know. Like the the days of the like I think that's what makes Boston and and, and Denver like so appealing because like they go get Muscala, you know, and they go and and they have uh, Hauser coming in there and hitting six threes against the Grizz. Like those those guys can go super deep if needed. The Suns are not going to have that luxury. How high are you on them? I'm very much in wait and see mode, right? And it, it's one of those where it's like, if they, if they look as dominant as they can, everyone's going to be like, what, how would you doubt them? But then it's like, look, I just, I got to see it. Uh, one thing is that KD with both the Warriors and honestly with the Thunder to a certain degree and with the Nets, it's like there's this one offense and then there's KD tacked on the side. Now, I think Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker are excellent fits to maximize that because of how they play. Devin's a really underrated passer. And they're going to be, like, high-level elite. And KD's still fine with playing heavy, heavy minutes as long as he doesn't get hurt, which has been a little bit of an issue, understandably. Um, Chris Paul, I think, is a leverage point in this, is that Chris is, like, he's not what he was. Can he get there for three series? Can he get there for two series? Like, can they survive a series where he's vulnerable both on the offensive and defensive end? I think those are serious question marks. And then you're right that the bench is an issue I tend to worry less about benches because you can just play the starters heavy minutes. But I do think that if KD is having to be the primary wing defender and he's having to be what he is on offense, that's a heavy, heavy usage load on a guy that suffered an Achilles tear that mm-hmm. has his injury history at his age. Like the whole thing is like, yeah, this can work, but it's a very, it is a beautifully built house of cards, which can hold, but they need to make sure that there's not a strong breeze. And then last thing, Matt, is, is the deal in Memphis going to be a, a little bit like it was with Danny Ainge in Boston where you just you hoard all these picks and you have them all and you, know, you always get mentioned in terms of big deals and yet the big deal never really happens? Like, is that how it goes or do you think ultimately they do cash in, whether it's this summer or, or down the road? Like, what do you think that looks like for the Grizzlies? Timing is such a big part of this, right? Like everybody knows, like they were willing to do the deal this year. That was that was out there. That was it was apparent. Everybody knows that. But they had to deal with Masai Ujiri, who wants blood from stone. Like that's just how it goes. The GM told me that. Like dealing with Masai, he's always trying to get blood from stone. You know, if a player comes available that they think is like the right fit in an opportune moment, and they can get into those conversations quickly and aggressively, like the Suns did then they're in a really good spot to be able to make that deal. But so much of these trades, the key trades that teams make, it's less about how good your front office is or how good your cachet of assets is, and it's more about timing and opportunity. And those are things you really can't control. You set yourself up the best you can, you be ready to strike, and you hope you get it done. Uh, I do think that Memphis needs to make examine as many options for who that piece could be as possible. Think outside the lines. Take some risk. They're, they're trusting their 
talent evaluation should be sky high. They've been right. So just like find the guy that you think is going to be what you need and make whatever effort you can to go get him. And everything else I think is up to fate. And then the last thing, I said that was the last thing. This is the real last thing. We were, we were having this discussion before you came on. Should Penny Hardaway be in the Hall of Fame to you? I think so. Um, I know it's, that would get a lot of pushback based off of lack of accomplishment. But, like, you look at just, like, how prolific he was in his time. I think it would be an awesome recognition of a player that was hugely influential to a generation that's gotten lost to time because of the injuries. Um, I think his contributions across the board in basketball, both in the NBA and beyond, I think matter. And I, I, to me, like Penny Hardaway is a signature athlete in the in 90s basketball culture and deserves that recognition. Hey, Matt, great stuff, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate the time stuff, as always. Matt. Anytime, guys. Take care. He is Matt Moore, covers NBA for the Action Network. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, you know, we, we start talking about things like spheres of influence and, and you know, Penny Hardaway was a big part of that. So, hey, you know, maybe we can drum it up, man. I'm going to do it. Maybe we can get that done. I'm going to put together a graphic. Okay. Go get some poster board after the show. Oh, you're going to do it like like old times. Yeah. What was that? That's how it starts. What was that thing called? Grassroots. Effort. When you would like, you would make it like a shoebox. You make it out of a shoebox, like, like a school project. What was that thing called? A diorama. That's it. Diorama. Get that Penny Hardaway Hall of Fame diorama going, bro. <laughs> I know. I never did those. My thing was the tri the trifold thing. You know, the science for you do the yes, the, yeah, like the science project yeah, on yeah, the yeah. trifold. Just put some yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, had, I had I didn't do put that. much effort in those. Nah. You ever do the volcano? Yeah. I think yeah. everybody does that one. Yeah. And then uh, I, I did do a – we had to do like a dinosaur di- diorama thing. But I, I was never good with art. I was never like crafty, so I hated them. Chris has done them, but his mom ends up right. the one doing them. We're exactly right. Told him he ain't learning nothing. You, you, you doing everything. You ain't helping a damn bit. Other thing I'm going to snitch on, his word scrambles. She does them for him. Oh, wow. Ain't teaching him nothing. Just put it all out Because she there. likes word scrambles. So what, the boy will never learn how to unscramble things if you continue to do it for him. Wow, I think we're going to have to take a look into his academic records here. Well, it's just it's that is okay. the main thing with that and, and a couple of the the dioramas, whatever the heck you called them. Okay, uh, thanks for that. <laughs> great word, by the way. It is a great word. It's not used enough. It's not used. It's not. It's not a word that you we. Gr- you, you agree with Matt? Denver over Boston. That's the first time I heard that one. I, I don't I, I know liked that the, I, I liked the reasoning. Do. I don't know that I do. Um, Boston's so dang deep. It's hard for me to pick against Boston right now. Brogdon's the difference for me. I honestly think like Tatum has a just as good a case for MVP as, as Jokic. You know what's crazy? That man's tw- about to be 25. He, he's not even 25 yet. Mm. I think he turns 25 like March 1st or March 3rd or something. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I can't. I can't pick. I feel like it. he's been in the league forever already. He's not even twenty five yet. Yeah, no, it's wild. I mean, he's averaging thirty one and in nine. Light skinned Braun. I mean, what's he shooting from three? Only thirty six percent, but still, <clears throat> he had thirty eight. Grizzly did a good job on him. Yeah, still, still lost. Yeah, Tatum when he when he gets when he gets like he he's one of those guys where if the first two or three go in, it's over. Good night. It's a it's a wrap for you. You know, but if you can kind of throw him off his block a little bit, you know, like the Grizzlies did, you know, he only shot 18% from, from the field. Somebody threw him up, his name up, as a person that perhaps, this is, we, we all said it's probably going to get set at a place it will never be touched, but that is a person that could perhaps go after LeBron's scoring record. 
The issue is he ain't even look close. As it's, good it's, as he's yeah, been, he's not even man. close. Well, th- there's that part, but he's not even close, John, to LeBron's start. Like in terms of the numbers, as good as we're talking about Jason Tatum, like LeBron's start, he was, he, you know, 30 points was within the, the first five years. I think like his numbers and, and, and yearly average those first five years, I think, also separate him. Then you got to do it for 20. And so I, who else? Who else could touch? I mean, if, if you were throwing up candidates, that's why his name was thrown up there based on how much he scored so early I, on. I don't, the I don't that know he's only if he's in the league. But that, it shows you how much of a separation. I don't know that, that there's I mean, anybody. Banyama, I don't know, bro. He'd have to play 18 to 20 years yeah, first I mean, that's, off. That's the thing. And then be scoring literally from a, at a 25 right. to 30-point pace just about all those years. And you have to average 30 a game when you're 38. Because he's done, yeah, he's done. It's 25 for 19 straight seasons, 25 or more. Yeah. I mean, think about that. I, I don't think anyone's going to break it. I don't. I mean, because you have to be amazing until you're 38 years old. And LeBron's going to add. Like, he's got at least two to three more years because he's only 200 games away from the all-time games played. He's going to break that, too. He ain't going to retire before he breaks that one. That's what's that, two, three seasons? He's, and he wants to play with his kid. So he, we know he's playing at least two more. So my gosh, he's gonna have all the records, and y'all still gonna say he's second. I might have to crown him then. (laughs) Y'all still most games, most points, most everything. Fourth on assists. Yes, bro, it's crazy. It's crazy. But then, like again, his detractors are gonna say, "Well, he played more games than everybody. That's why he's the all-time." Yeah, but that's a credit to him. It is a credit. to The way he's kept that body. And what he say? He spends a million on the offseason just keeping the body in bubble wrap. That's right. That's right, man. So, yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to break the record because I just don't think there's anybody that's going to come in. A, one and done doesn't exist, so you lose a year of your career right there. Unless, until Up until that changes. Well, yeah, that'll, that'll go away here. Somewhere. Eventually, right? I mean, I don't, is, that an, is it a final but you need, Yeah, I think you need it, though, Yeah, to, to do this. Yeah, you're I mean, every year counts. Mm-hmm. Every single year counts. But so, you're going to have to get to averaging 25 so quickly. So quickly. And it's just so, not. Not even Tatum did that. And you're going to have to do it until you're 38 years old. <laughs> you're going to have to do it till you're 38 years old. You're not going to do it. That 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 is a record that will never fall. It's like DiMaggio, what he had 40 uh 42 game hit streak. I think it was more than that. Was it more than that? In the 50s? I don't know, maybe it was. Well, we're great on baseball as you can tell. Well, yeah, hold on. Let's 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 get that right. I want to make sure I'm sitting here saying it's unbreakable. We don't even know how. I appreciate many. Brad Chip and chiming in here, Mister Baseball chiming in. Fifty six. I told you it was in the fifties. <laughs> I said forty two. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> he just he just lets us look so silly. That's right. Baseball. I've been talking too much on the radio, boys. You That's know. right. Oh well, now that I understand where you're coming from, as in you've been having to say. We, a we lot. need less of Brad. Oh, no, unnecessary. If, we, oh, well, if you can correct us on that you're one. You're doing about eight did shows. You, did you know that off the rip? No. His, his, his hit streak record? No, well, I usually I, talk I, I told I you it was in the 50s, though. Huh? Yeah, give, no, you give, got that. You know what I find about Jason? Jason? This is actually a very big compliment to you, Jason. Jason does one of the most affable things, and that is he goes, I think that's, and then he says it almost 99.9% of the time when he says, I think it's X. X is correct. So. I agree. Uh, in fact, uh, my my suggestion would be go ahead and ride with it until somebody corrects you, and then don't even record the record because it's radio. I mean, this is what these guys do. Brad's so. found my tails. Yes, that's right. 
I think Apple that it's 75 me. and a half, actually, John. <laughs> yeah, no, Let's look it up. It's definitely that's By right. golly, it's that's 75 and that a half. That is a good me right there. Thank you. It's a very humble way of so saying pass, It's <laughs> passive knowledge yeah, giving. I'm pretty sure you're wrong It is a wrong stroke of genius yeah, by yeah, Jason yeah. Smith. Who does that as well as me? Nobody. Am I, am I the king of that? Passive uh, knowledge giving. You know, I giving, think it's actually 175 as far as passive knowledge giving. Now he's caught on to your trick. Boys, I'm in here a lot. I see you know, this. I gotta change it. See my yeah. first rodeo. Because I don't like Brad being on me like this. He, <laughs> no, he's got me figured. out. I was complimenting yeah, you. Yeah, no, I'm taking those though. No, because yeah. one, one you of the do have that, me figured out though. One, one of the things scary. that Jason is so good at, like, and again, I mean this as a compliment, is my man is a professional smoke blower. So like, good. This man so good. will blow some good smoke. <laughs> no, it's always genuine. It's so good. It's always it's a pros pro right that's there, what bro. The, that's what the, the person on the other side thinks. You know right. what I'm saying? It always is. That's and, why they think hey, that. You know what, you, you know what he's, he set up in this first hour? Because I took in the first hour deeply. I was in deep thought listening to you talk about Penny's Hall of Fame campaign that you're yep. about to oh, embark yeah. on. Yeah. You can see how Jason's absolutely setting himself as the main advocate for this party. Oh, I'm setting myself up as that. Well, I don't think he necessarily cares so much about that. Um, I, no, it's. It, I actually think we need a parade lineup. Somebody yeah. needs to do it. This man yeah, has, I, has taken it on. I said I'm going to go get the poster board. Now, people got to get behind me. Get with I, I, him or get without him. I think people are, are you know, we'll we march down Germantown Parkway. It's just a I'll be there. I'll it's be just, there for the march. Well, why we got to go on Germantown Parkway? Well, because that's around where I live now. I don't want to go. Where, where are we going? Yeah, we're, we're not, not going I, any I further than Freddy's. We, we, right. we, we got to take this right. down. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it short. We might turn it down. What is that? The red line? Red you, line. Yeah, yeah, we might turn it down the red line. Green line or red line? Green line, I think it is. The green line there, middle Cordova. I've never been on it. I think it's called the green line. I think the red line is what you call when you have a gambling problem. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, I haven't, I haven't had to do that yet. Yeah. Thank God. That yeah. man reading them. Uh, that man reading them Fanduel ads every day of the day. I don't like. I don't like this. Uh, you know, y'all. Yeah, this yeah, dissection giving, of, of, yeah, no. of my approach. It's all good. Let's keep y'all under the microscope. That's how. That's. So I'm much more comfortable that way. Oh, by the way, wasn't it jo- Dimaggio that had 56? In fact, let's yeah. look it up. I think it was Jane Fonda <laughs> yes. that starred in that one. Brad, look that up for yeah, us. Like, exactly. Can you, know you look that up, boss? I believe it was Jane. <laughs> yes. That's yeah. what you do. <laughs> Although I will say this for later on, I stayed up late last night. Oh. I saw a movie that I need you to go see. Okay. The issue is for you, it's on BET Plus. Oh, it's I, I got to pay for it. I got to pay. I for it. I don't care how you get it. Yeah, if you got to pay for it, whatever, get a free get a free subscription. BET this, Plus. This is a movie, thing. This movie is so good. One word, Monique. Monique. Remember her? Yeah, from uh, Meet the Parkers. She got blackballed from uh, Netflix. From, yes, from Precious. She was Precious' mama. Yeah. Her and Lee Daniels had a fallout, the guy behind that like movie. The butler and or she, whatever. And so you haven't seen her as, in as much. She's back. She's reunited with Lee. And she's got a movie out that you must see called The Reading. And it's only on BET Plus? I think it's on BET Plus. Is it available elsewhere? And you know when I say I think, that means I know. <laughs> No, yeah, I looked down. You might be able to get it elsewhere. I, I don't with all the. Things. What do you know? I'm looking at Wikipedia. 2023, the reading BET Plus movie. Oh, this movie kept me up last night. I could not turn away. Monique, tremendous. I can't. I, I feel like I have to say so little because this movie is such a. It it will grab you and will not let you go. Wow. And we Faith and I couldn't go to bed until we finished it. Really? So it was after 11. Wow. It was late for us old folks. Okay, I'll check it you out. You must see it. All right. You must see it. It's tremendous. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Uh, 